Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I have the honor to introduce Apostles Brent and Marsha, and uh, anybody who's been around any length of time knows them, but for all the new ones and those who have never met them, um, Brent, how long ago was it that you came? I came in 2006. 2006. Man, are you getting old? No, okay. Okay. So... Uh, in 2006, he came kicking and screaming, and uh, but God held him here. I think it was not only God's love, but love in general uh, that held him. And um, so he was a student here for two years. He was on staff for two years. And um, I remember sitting out at the picnic table when his green card kept being denied, and we go, we know he has to go home to Trinidad. And... Uh, we just cried. We knew it was God, but we cried. You know, transition isn't easy, is it? But uh, the fact is, he found his lovely bride, <laughs> and they've established a beautiful ministry there that I've gotten to minister at, or we've gotten to minister uh, there in Trinidad with him, and God's using him to touch that nation and nations, but what an honor to introduce my son, our son, I'll just, I'm talking because, may I just say this, and I don't want to take his time, but it's, we know they're anointed, but it's not what we do. It's the relationship that we have. We love our Jesus, not just for what he does. And he does amazing things. His ways are amazing, but we love him. And so really today I stand, he could stand up here and sing a song and that would be enough for me because I love this man and I love what he carries. I love this woman and what she carries and it's so beautiful that their heart is woven in this house. I love you. Love you. Mm. Mm. Wow, what do I say? Um, Thank you for the warm welcome. You know, Katie said something. She said what I was going to say. Um, you don't know the influence that this house and these people and your teaching has had in the nations. I have people in my church saying the things that they see. I have people loving off your teachings. I have family members who are not saved, just wanting to buy the books from the house. So you are not a small people in the middle of a cornfield. You are a light. Continue being a light for the nations and continue being a light for Brent and I. We love you. Ah, so sweet. It feels so good to be home. I really miss you guys. And um, this really wasn't something that was planned. 
It's just something that happened. So when the opportunity presented itself to come, come up here, I was all excited because it's, this place is a, a huge place of transition for me. As, as Dr. Melanie said, when I came here, I came here kicking and screaming. Did not want to be here at all. You know, I was this morning outside there and I was remembering walk, walking up that hill in snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I mean, uh, I was crying walking up that hill. <laughs> Didn't want to be here. But, but, you know, looking back, I am so thankful for this season uh, that I was here and all the things that, that God did, you know, and I'm excited for what he's doing now. You have no clue how much lives have been impacted by what you have partnered with to, to do, you know, and I'm a result of your labor, your love, your investment, you know, I'm a result of that. Amen. So we're really excited to be here this morning. I want to share with you today about encountering the God of revival. Encountering the God of revival. In Isaiah 57, um, 15 to 16, it says, For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. We also read in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We also read in Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon his name in truth. We have just come through a season and, and we're partially still in it where the whole world was shaken. But the thing about it, the church also was shaken. And we had many that walk away from the faith. We had many that became cold. And I really felt in this season that, that there is a call from heaven to say, come up. There is more that I have for you. There is more that I want to pour into you. There's more that I want to release to you. I want you to encounter more. I want to encounter more. The word encounter means to meet face to face. God wants you to come into a, a personal relationship so that he can truly introduce himself in a whole new way. You know, sometimes when we have been accustomed going through the religious traditions of, of church, that sometimes we, we become cold, we become lukewarm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know we're going to sing a few songs and we're going to pray and, and then we're going to hear a word and bless the Lord. That was church. But God is saying, hey, I'm beyond this. I'm beyond what you have experienced. I'm beyond what you have encountered. God wants to personally, personally introduce himself to us so that we can know him and not just know about him. Right. 
Because in this season, we saw that the people that said they knew him really just knew about him. Because had they knew him, they would not have walked away from him. In fact, his desire for his creation to meet him face to face has been written throughout the Bible that we may know. Charles Finney said, Revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. It is giving up one's will to God in deep humility. Do you have that passion, that hunger, that desire to know God? Or is it that you are satisfied? Is it that you have reached the point that you, you say, well, yeah, I, I, I have been in church all my life. I have a relationship with God. But there are even couples that have been together for a long time that have lost their love for each other. And they're just two people living in a house. Is your relationship with God just like you and God just living, existing? Here are some hindrances as to why many don't encounter God daily. Because he wants you to encounter him daily. He wants you to, to have such a deep relationship that when you get up in the morning, it's just like, God, where are you? Yeah. Where are you? You're, you're so excited to, to talk with him. But here are some hindrances as to why we don't encounter God. First, lack of appetite for the presence of God. We have lost our appetite. We're no longer hungry. We are satisfied with what we have encountered. Secondly, religious beliefs. That was then. This is not now. We're in a new era. We're in a new time. We do things differently. You know, we have, we have, we're in a, a modern era. We don't need to be like that. So religious belief. Next, unbelief. Unbelief. This weekend, uh, did a, yesterday I taught on, on healing and miracles. And I told them one of the biggest hindrance to the miraculous is unbelief. And the question that if we're not seeing the miracles in the church, follows for outside the church. When we're supposed to be believers, where miracles are supposed to be a common thing, it's supposed to be a norm to see people get healed. We ought to be, you know, so hungry for God that every opportunity we get to demonstrate his love and to demonstrate his power because when you pray for the sake, when you when you work miracles, you're demonstrating his love and his power. But many of us don't believe because we have experienced so much of disappointment, we no longer believe God for miracles and for breakthrough. So there's unbelief. Next, there's ignorance. <laughs> we just don't know. You know, I have met a lot of people who have been in church all their life, but still don't know. 
Some time ago, when, when um, I asked the church a question, I asked the church a question, um, you know, who can tell me the elementary teachings of Christ? They couldn't tell me nothing. And I was so saddened in my heart because here am I teaching them about the prophetic, about the apostolic, and they didn't even know the elementary. It is sad because a lot of times, ignorance. The next hindrance to encountering God is offense. And it's, it's, it's right throughout the church. I'm offended because I didn't get my way. I'm offended because they passed me straight and they didn't say hello to me. I'm offended because, you know, someone is sitting down in my seat. Someone parked in my spot. You know, I'm, I'm offended because pastor was preaching against me when he preached that sermon. He was speaking about me. I'm offended. And you're offended with man and you become offended with God. Next, unforgiveness. Because of what you have experienced and because of the pain, unforgiveness have taken over. And that is a big hindrance to encountering God. Next, attachment to the world. We're so connected to the world. You know, there are some people who, who now, I mean, back in Trinidad, everything was locked down. You know, I mean, we had, the borders were closed for a whole year and a half. So I was going crazy, not being able to fly, go somewhere, you know. And then the period of time the churches were closed, we couldn't have, you know, we couldn't meet. And then when they opened back up, they said, okay, only 40 minutes. And then uh, only a certain amount of people. So it, 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 I mean, the past two years was tough, you know. But, but many people became so attached, they went back to the world. And they became comfortable being at home. I, I spoke to the folks just recently. I said, I'm thinking I'm going to stop doing lives. Because you need to be present in the house. You know. But they became attached. They went back to the old. They went back to sin. They went back to the comforts. Next, relationships. Relationships can be the biggest hindrance to us encountering God. Because I want to do to please the one I love. And sometimes we love people more than we love God. We compromise our standard because we, 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 we want to, to ensure we maintain that relationship. We know that that relationship is toxic, but we're still holding on to it with some hope. Oh, they'll change. No. They'll change you. They'll change you. So relationship. Next, logical thinking. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got to figure this one out, God. This, this just don't goes with my, my mindset, my ideology, my philosophy. This just don't fit. I don't understand this. And, and, and as a result, you know, of logical thinking, sometimes we reject the voice of God because we're trying to understand the voice of God. So logical thinking. Next, habitual sin. Habitual sin. 
We, 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 we are so much in a place of bondage because we are doing the same thing over and over and we have not been freed. We find more comfort in the sin than in his presence. I remember many years ago when I was dealing with some stuff and I said, God, why don't you just deliver me from this? And God said to me, he said, enter in my presence and I will. He was waiting for me to take time to be with him so that he could transform me. Amen. And the last thing, demonic oppression. Many times uh, demons oppress people so much that they are even afraid to even encounter anything supernatural. To encounter God because of demonic oppression. So the question is, how do you encounter the God of revival? And I believe, and, and the prophets have prophesied that there's going to be a great awakening, a great move of God that is going to hit the earth uh, after this season of pandemic. And yes, we're excited about that. But the sad thing about it is that we don't want to view the move of God that is taking place on the earth based on the last move of God that took place on the earth. A lot of pastors in, in Trinidad would have called me and they would have, when things opened up, they're like, we wanted to come and do three nights of revival. We wanted to come and do five nights of revival. And I had to turn down many because I recognized they were trying to create what they used to have. And, and, and that wasn't what God was saying. It wasn't just have a service and bring in a guest speaker and you do three nights of meeting and think that people are going to be revived. No, you got to create an atmosphere where people become hungry to encounter God. As a matter of fact, you got to teach people how to encounter God for themselves. Because a lot of people don't know what it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Because I've recognized even in our ministry that, that when the doors were closed, they didn't know what to do. They accustomed coming to church and encountering God in church not recognizing that they are the church and supposed to be encountering God daily. So what happened is that I had one saying, I don't know what to do. Uh, how do I pray? How do I worship? How do I? Uh, because they, they, the only time that they experienced anything was when they came to church. And the thing about it is that, you know, I... I, I I don't know how it is here, but I know back in Trinidad, the dependency on the pastor, on the fivefold minister, is so great that, that sometimes they can begin to worship the man and woman of God more than worship God. So the thing about it is that every situation before they go before the Lord and let God minister to them, they come to the preacher, please prophesy over me. Please pray for me. You know, and, 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 and they were so dependent on the man and woman of God that they couldn't do it for themselves. But God wants us to encounter the God of revival. So how do you encounter the God of revival? First, repent in preparation for it. You got to repent in preparation for it. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
It's important that we understand that repentance is not a prayer, but a decision from the heart that followed by action. It's followed by action. So it's not just I come and I follow, I just repent for what I've done. Okay, well then, there need to be evidence that there's true repentance have taken place here. And a lot of people think that it's just a prayer. Well, I pray the prayer of repentance and I repent. Yeah, but the life you live now ought to be a change. It is turning from the old to embrace the new. It's, you gotta, you got to turn away. And if you're going to encounter God, it first starts with repentance. Repent in preparation for it. Secondly, surrender for it. You got to surrender. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Yes. You must surrender and yield everything thing is not your way it is not your plan i know we have so trained ourselves to be in control it's my life and my world and i do what i want to do but god is saying hey listen if you're gonna encounter me you gotta surrender you gotta yield I have people come to me so many times and they're like, I don't know what's going on. My world is happening. This is happening. That is happening. Everything is going wrong. I'm just like, well, surrender. <laughs> but, you know, no, for me, if you sit down and you're talking to me and after two bots, I'm done. <laughs> because it means you're not listening to anything that I'm saying to you. If I'm telling you, well, you know, so, 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 and you're, but, no, after two buts, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, it makes no sense having a conversation with you because you're not paying attention. <laughs> but this is not a head decision. This is a heart decision. Lord, I surrender. Do you understand that when you came to Christ, you give him your life? Why did you take it back up? We come to him and we complain, God, why is this not happening? And God said, I'm trying to conform you into my image and my likeness. I'm trying to get you out of the way. You must surrender and yield. So you surrender for it. Next, you must desire it. You see... Repenting is one thing. Surrendering is one thing. But you see, there must be a pursuit, a desire. There must be a desire in your heart to encounter God. God, I want to know you. It was the desire in my heart many, many years ago that would have eventually led me here and led me to do what I'm doing. Because as a young boy, after all the things that I've been through, I came to the point, it's like, God, I really want to know you. I grew up in church. I know church. From since I'm small, since I know myself, I'm in church. <laughs> you know, we just sit in the back of the church and just play games. 
you know, Sunday morning, you're, you're sick, you're going to church. You get healed in church. That's just, that's just how my life was, church, you know. So when I backslid and I went out into the world and I came to a place, it, you know, looking back now, I would not have gone out there had I encountered him. You see, I went to the religious traditions. The, I did what was told to me to do. You need to get baptized. Okay, I'll get baptized. You need to do this. Okay, I'll do this. Didn't know why I was doing it. Had I had that encounter with him, I would not have gone out into the world searching. Searching to find acceptance. Love. Searching to find identity. But when I encounter him, that transformed me. You see, when you come to that place where you recognize, okay, I'm dry, I'm empty, I really need him, and you repent and you surrender, it triggers a desire. I want to know you, God. Desire comes from having taste his goodness. You would have tasted his goodness and say, oh, I want more. Desire causes you to pay the price of surrender. The rest of your life, I lay down the rest of my life because I so desire to know you. Desire sets the platform for God to respond. God responds when we desire. In Psalm 42, 2, it says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The psalmist has said, I thirst for God. Do you thirst for God? Do you give him the time? That he has given to you. Do you give back to him enough time? One of the things that I've decided and I've done years ago is to tide my day. So I must not spend nothing less than three hours with the Lord. Every day. Most times I do it in the morning, but, but, but if I don't get the chance because of my schedule, I do it at night. I do it whenever. I'm not going to go to sleep that day, go to sleep that night, and not be in the presence of the Lord. Just not going to happen. Why? Because he's the air I breathe. I, I live because of him. I desire him. I desire. And, and, and the psalmist encountered God in a way that he, he thirsts for God. Are you thirsty? Or are you satisfied? What do you desire from the Lord? Desire must come from the heart and not from the mind. Because I recognize a lot of people know about God, but don't know God. In their head, know that Jesus died on a cross for their sins. They, they, they have a relationship in their head, but not in their heart. Because if they really have a relationship in their heart, it will reflect in their actions. It will reflect in their speech. It will reflect in every decision they make, in everything they do. Desire will cause you to see things differently. To see things differently. So you must desire it. Next, you must be intentional. 
You must be intentional. It must be your number one priority. I am going to be intentional. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to take time for God. In Deuteronomy 4.29, but from there you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. You must be intentional. You must, must put him as number one priority. As I said before, God comes first. Everyone in, in, in a church now, you don't call me before 12. I'm not going to answer the phone. No. I'm with the Lord. Leave the phone out. Put it on silence. Take it off. You're not that important. You're not that important. Well, I need to know who's calling me. No, you're not that important. The people and the things that we pursue so much, you know you're going to die and you're going to leave it. What's going to happen when you stand before him? Well, God, you know, I really want to spend time with you, but, you know, I was so busy. My work was so busy. You know, I had so much time to invest in work and this and that and the other. I've learned that even with ministry, you could become very busy and miss God. And miss God. You must be intentional. Seek means that you are intentionally pursuing an encounter. You're intentionally pursuing an encounter. It means that you are willing to get rid of anything which will hinder that encounter. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Many could not redeem the time that we were living in. And as a result, they became distracted by things. They became fearful. I'm going to die. I had some people in our ministry that became so fearful that I had to be like, what Bible are you reading? (laughs) Are you really in the presence of the Lord? I mean, when I hear them talk and say some things, I was just like, oh my God, you know. But when you begin to take that time to intentionally pursue God, you encounter him. And you're not distracted by what is happening around you because you know that he has a plan. So you you must be intentional. Next, you must believe for it. You must believe for it. Do you believe that you're going to encounter God when you take time to, to seek him? James 1, 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe And not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. You must believe that this encounter with God is attainable. That God wants you to encounter him. That there is more for you. There is more to this walk. There is more to this relationship. There is more. 
When we become satisfied with how life is, then we're in a crisis. Then there's a problem. But we must desire more. I've said it many times. I said, until my shadow is raising the dead, I'm not doing anything for God. Jesus set the standard. And he said, greater works than this you will do. Now Jesus raised the dead. When last have you rose the dead? He said, the works that I do, you're going to do, and greater. He, he set a very high standard. And you say, well, okay, he was the son of God. And he was, you know, he's God. Listen, when Jesus was on the earth, he was man. The reason he was able to do all the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and all the things he did was because he was anointed by the Spirit of God. Right. Now think about it. You are anointed by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit of God that anointed Jesus anointed you. Why it is that Jesus saw all these miracles and you are not seeing it? It's because you're not surrendered. It's because you're not yielded. It's because you have then given up all of your life. You must believe for it. Believing for it is knowing that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Sometimes we don't see God doing things because we have experienced so much of disappointment. I've seen countless miracles. I've seen a, a great increase of miracles in this season. God has been doing some extraordinary thing. We were just in Barbados. And we, we did a conference, a healing and miracles conference. And I remember getting a word of knowledge about a young girl and about, you know, a baby. And, well, she's a toddler. And that, you know, there were some complications and some problems in her birth that have left, you know, some deformities and stuff. And I, I said, God wants to, to heal you. Where are you? And they brought her up. Couldn't walk. Couldn't talk. Prayed for her. Ministered to her. Nothing happened at that moment. Came back to Trinidad. And then the pastor sends me a video of her talking and walking. Yeah. Talking and walking. Which doctor, doctor said, it is not going to happen. I just love when God do that. I love when God does that because it shows that I am God. And there is more. There is more. So you, you must be intentional, but also the next, you must be persistent. Luke 11, 9 to 10 says, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. You will never encounter God if you stay in the shallow. You got to step into the deep. Those who go after it will be those who find it. 
you must be persistent. I'm not going to leave this place until you touch me, God. I'm not going to leave this place until I receive my miracle. I'm not going to leave this place. I know there is more. I know there is greater. I know and I'm pursuing it. I'm going to be persistent. You will always experience discomfort when you are pers persistent. There will always be discomfort. But when you're persistent, you don't look at the discomfort. You will be persecuted for your persistence by those who don't have any hunger for an encounter. You will be persecuted. So why she had to go on like that? You know, why she had to jump up like that? Why did, you know, it's simple, you know, you don't have to shout, you could just sit on, stand up there and, you know. Someone is pursuing God in the midst of worship and you're looking at them and you're thinking they're being too spiritual. But you will be persecuted when you become persistent. When you become, when, when they want you to come to the family gathering and you say, I'm sorry, I can't come. I've got something else to do. And you realize that, that when they find out that you want to be alone with the Lord and don't want to spend time with them, oh, they'll make fun of you. They'll make fun of you. You will not stop until, you become, until it becomes a reality in your world. That is being persistent. Next, you must be patient. Romans 8.25 said, If we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Amen. Let me tell you something. The first time you begin to step out to go deeper in the Lord, it may feel like it's dry. You know, I, I'm sure that some of you probably say, What do you do for three hours? Well, when, because I was so determined to, to, to do it, I didn't always start off with three hours. At first, it was just half an hour, you know, an hour. But now the time passed, and I'm just like, wow, I was here so long. Why? Because at first, it, it, you, 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 you are, you're oppressing, you, 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 you're getting out of the flesh. If you have not spent much time with the Lord and you go back to get into that place with the Lord, it could be hard. You could be like, Lord, I feel like my prayers are just hitting against the wall. My worship feels dry. It could be hard. But when you begin to encounter him, believe me, hours feels like seconds when you're in his presence. But you must be patient. You must be patient. It don't happen right away all the time. We live in a culture that wants it instant. Now, you know, drive through and get it. <laughs> no waiting. But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. All right? So you, you must be patient. All right? You would have to be still before him resting in the secret place. Waiting is an indication that you are presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. I'll say it again. Waiting is an indication that you are presenting yourself as a living sacrifice because it's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be a sacrifice. The last thing, you must have an expectancy. Expectancy. 
do you expect it? Yeah, you repented. Yeah, you surrendered. Yeah, you were persistent. But what do you expect? I've traveled the nations and some nations I've gone to, the expectancy is so high. So high that the miracles, the healings are like, it's like easy. And I've gone some places and it's like a rock. Because they don't expect anything. They don't expect anything. Psalm 39, 7 says, And now, Lord, what do I wait? I wait. Now, Lord, I wait. I wait. As you pursue, there must be a desire for result. You seek, you find. But what do you do when you find it? What do you do? One of the things that, that I expect, because I know my assignment, and because I know the reason God created me, I expect miracles everywhere I go. I expect miracles. Yesterday I was telling the folks, um, I was teaching them, and I said, you know, I was tested this morning at the hotel. So I, I, yesterday morning, um, went down for breakfast, and, and I'm sitting down there having my breakfast, and these two ladies are a little bit away, and they're having a conversation. So I'm so focused, and then the Lord started to speak to me about one of the ladies. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm having breakfast. <laughs> I'm having breakfast, Lord. <laughs> so I, I, I just, just, you know, didn't really pay attention, didn't want to, you know. So I get ready to go back upstairs, and when I go back upstairs, who's right there by the elevator? You know, and, and goes into the elevator with me. And two of us are in the elevator. And the Holy Spirit starts say, well, you know, her hip is out of place and you need to pray for her. And I'm just like, yeah, Lord, uh-huh. This one, I'm going to think I'm crazy. No, God, no, not today. Uh, no. And I'm having this conversation with the Lord. We come out and God is speaking to me. And, and, and I, she walks down the same place that I walked down to the room. And I came in the room and I said, oh, I just messed up. I just... Because of my disobedience, someone didn't get healed. And I was telling them I had to repent before the Lord. You see, sometimes I was so caught up in myself that I was not caught up with his heart to touch somebody. And there have been many times that I would have ministered to people and they've gotten healed. You know, recently I was by my barber. And the guy who was on the chair, you know, his back was, was, was giving problems. When he got up, he was like, oh, man, so much a pain. You know, I didn't even ask him to pray. I just reached across and prayed. <laughs> and God healed him, you know. But there are moments when self steps in and logic steps in and he begin to analyze it. And he begin to say, ah, oh, no. But I tell you this, God is looking for people even now who be carriers of his glory, who be carriers of his love, who's going to take time out of their busy schedule and put him as number one priority and say, listen, come encounter the God of revival. God wants to revive you today. God wants you to, 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 to enter into a deeper place. There is more. There is more. What you have encountered 
in the last season was great. But there is more. But you know, I've accomplished this. You know, it's amazing because we can pursue God when we have a need. But we don't pursue God just to know him. Well, my need is I need to encounter him. So I will pursue him. Father, this morning we thank you for your love and your mercy. Lord, I pray for even those that are here today that probably in a dry place. They're in a place where they are searching. They're in a place where they have become so lukewarm. They have become so dry. They have become so focused on everything else. And they're saying today, Lord God, they want to go deeper. I pray, God, that you will touch them. That you will minister to them even now. By your spirit. By your spirit. Those of you this morning that, that is saying, Lord, you know, I've walked away from that deep place that I'm supposed to be with you. But I want to return. As a sign of surrender, I want you to stand right where you are. That you're saying this morning, Lord, I'm ready to encounter you in a whole new way. You standing is saying, I stand up in surrender. Father, you see those that are standing. You see those that are saying, God, I want to encounter the reality of your presence, the reality of your love, the reality of your goodness. Father, I pray, God, that you will even fill them, that you will touch them, that you will minister to them, Lord, that you will cause them to, to see you. I declare that every way in which the enemy would have brought hindrances and distractions and, and caused them to feel that, 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 that they, are, they are satisfied. Lord, I thank you that you're disrupting the plans of the enemy and that your purpose and destiny for their life would be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. That decision that you have made, my advice to you is to pursue it.